brothers and sisters, our scripture reading today is taken from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 25, and Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. Since many of you are at home, please feel free to read along with me. Let your own voices hear the very word of God and what he has to say to you and to me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. <clears throat> and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The reading of the Lord's word. Good morning, everyone, once again. Praise the Lord for allowing us to gather together as a family, a family in Christ. We know that as a family, when we gather together, we are eager to rejoice in one another. We are eager to see each other and to give each other an embrace. And so next week, as many of you know, we will be having our face-to-face um, -face service at Pickneyville Park at the Medlock Pavilion once again, 10.30 a.m. Uh, we'll have a light lunch uh, provided for everybody. Uh, but I encourage all of you to come. It's a time to see one another face-to-face. It's time to see each other and to rejoice in what God is doing in our individual lives, but also to see what God is doing in the life of our community as well. Praise be to our Lord in heaven who allows us to see one another and allows us to love one another as well. We continue our journey in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, looking at the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We remember that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is a singular fruit. It's not many different fruits. It's one singular fruit. And in fact, the list of all of these characteristics of love, joy, peace, patience, etc., are should not be looked at separately per se, but should be looked at as a whole, that all of these together give us this beautiful, beautiful mosaic of what it means to live a Christian life. 
And this fruit of the Holy Spirit is not simply a fruit that sort of is something is not a simply a fruit of our actions of what we should be doing, although that's important. But there's emotions involved. There is our affections that are involved. This fruit is not a robotic fruit, but this fruit that we see that we that we that comes out of us is a fruit that all people can see and all people can see the emotion. The emotion of people who rejoice in their Lord, the emotion of people who have been loved by their Lord. Today, though, and throughout this series, we will see that it's helpful for us to separate these characteristics, as Paul does here. But you will see that when we touch on each one of these characteristics, it's almost impossible not to talk about the others. And so know and understand that these are all intertwined with one another. Today, we look at joy. We look at the fact that that Christians are to have joy. In Philippians chapter 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. He, He commands people to have joy in their lives. Now, we know that joy is very different from what the world calls happiness. Happiness is something that is fleeting. Happiness is something that comes, but something that goes. I remember when my daughter, and I hope she forgives me for using this as a uh, uh, as an example, but I remember when she was so looking forward to her birthday. She would count down each and every day when her birthday would come. And every day she would be like, my birthday is almost here. And then I remember the morning when it was her birthday and I I came into her room and she was crying. And I I didn't know why she was crying. So why are you crying? And she said to me, my birthday is almost over. And I remember hearing that. And it was cute. But I can't help to, to think that that sort of embodies what a lot of us younger people think about where our hope or our our joy should come from. The expectation of something good, the expectation of a good meal, the expectation of of, of a date or of a marriage, the the expectation of, of that new job you finally get. And then once you're there, once you have it, you realize that, oh my goodness, this is fleeting. Where can I go to to find my next fix of of happiness or joy? For those of us who are older, we know that our world today is, is beset by melancholy, is beset by depression, is beset by people who've given up any hope in finding happiness or joy in anything. We've relegated ourselves to thinking 
there is no happiness in this world. I just have to live day by day and just get through this life. There is nothing to rejoice about because everything is foolish and everything is folly. For you and for those of you who perhaps still look at the world with rose-colored glasses, this message is for you, that the Lord wants us to have joy. And this joy that God gives to us is not a joy that is founded upon the things of this world. And in fact, it's not even founded upon the circumstances in this world. But the joy that God wants to give us, this joy that comes from the Holy Spirit, this joy that is supernatural, this joy that is not akin to anything that we have here in this world, is a joy in knowing Jesus and knowing that Jesus takes joy in us. This is the joy of the believer. This is the rock that allows us to scream from the top of the mountains that Jesus is Lord. This is the joy that God has set in our hearts that allows us to sing at the top of our lungs. This is the joy that God has given us that allows our emotions, that allows our affections to, to ring out. We were meant to rejoice in God. We are wired. Our resonant frequency as human beings is that when we hear the name of Jesus, every bone in our body rings to the Lord that we belong to him rings to the Lord that our joy is set in Him. You see, when we are born again, our hearts are rewired. Our programming is changed. And the base level of who we are and the base level of how we react to the things around us is simply joy in Christ. When you see a Christian walking about in this world, you see someone who always has joy in their lives. You see someone who is always hopeful. And because of that hope in the future and that hope in Christ and knowing that Jesus is with us, there is an underlying joy that rings out to the world. This does not mean that the Christian does not have moments and does not have genuine times to lament. This does not mean that Christians do not have genuine times to weep. This does not mean that Christians do not have genuine times where they are wrestling. 
But what it does mean that is that in the midst of all of that, none of it can overtake us. None of us can none of it can so discourage us that we do not have our joy in knowing Jesus. We look at scripture. And when we see the Bible, we see that joy comes only in relationship with Christ himself. That joy comes in his appearance. That joy comes in interaction with him. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, when when the Magi heard about the, the coming of the Messiah, The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The angel singing, the magi knowing that with great joy, a Savior will be born. We see in, in the resurrection of Jesus himself that when, when, the, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and Mary Magdalene and the tomb was empty and the angel said, listen, he's no longer here. Mary Magdalene, Mary, Mary Magdalene, what did they do in Matthew 28 verse 8? So they departed quickly from the tomb with great fear and great joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. There is joy in seeing the story of Jesus and knowing that what happens with Jesus is the source of of our love, of our emotions, of our desire to, to sing from the mountaintops. You see, the, the joy that God gives us is greater than any joy that God gives us here on earth. And the joy that God gives us can overcome any sadness that we see here on earth. If you remember in Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends out the seventy. And says, go into the villages, go and heal people, go and drive out demons, and preach the good news. And they all came back excited, rejoicing. Jesus, we did what you told us, and we saw demons being driven out. We saw people getting healed. We saw people proclaim your name. Look at this great work that we have done for you. And yet Jesus says to them this, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Even for us as a church, 
even for us as individuals, you may think the greatest thing that we could ever do, the greatest joy that we could ever have is being this quote-unquote successful ministry or quote-unquote the successful evangelist or quote-unquote a successful elder or deacon or just a Christian in general. And yet Jesus tells them, your joy should be that your names are written in heaven. Your joy should be that you are with me forever and ever and ever. You see, this type of joy is sustainable. This type of joy, music and praise and singing unto our God. This type of joy deserves our emotions. We have to be careful, brothers and sisters. Because there are times in our lives when this joy in our salvation dissipates. And so we saw in Psalm 51 when David says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And for us to continue to have this joy, we must go back to the place where, where the person of Jesus is revealed. We must go and, and, and search how it, who it is, who is Jesus and what he has done. We have to go and search out all the stories of, of, of why Jesus came to save us. We have to go and search out all the stories and, and what people teach about who Jesus is. In other words, we, we have to go to his word and constantly go to his word in order for our joy, in order for our joy to expand, in order for our joy to be lifted up, in order for our hearts to sing to the Lord. If our joy in the Lord is being lost, it's because we have not drawn near to our Lord himself. The Lord is always there for us, but we need to draw near to the Lord in his word. If we don't read his word, if we don't see who Jesus is, then how can we have joy in him? You see, getting up every day and reading the Bible, listening to scripture through your headphones, perhaps even listening to, to God's word on, online as well. Each of these days is akin to Christmas, where you wake up and you open up your gift. Only this time is a little bit different. We open up the gift, and it's the same gift. It's Christ. And the heart of a believer rejoices each and every day to see that same gift. What's my gift today? It's Jesus. What's my gift tomorrow? It's Jesus. We never get tired of drawing near to him because his love for us is full. Now, like I said before, there will be times of weeping. 
there will be times of frustration and anger. And we need to come to the Lord. And we need to come to him in our frustration and say, Lord, listen to us in prayer. Listen to us. But if we forget that we belong to Jesus, and if you forget that whatever circumstances may be around us, that we forget that we belong to him and that he is by our side. If we let, we forget the joy of the salvation that he's given us, then our hearts will be imprisoned by the news of the day, by our very thoughts as well. But take hold of Christ, brothers and sisters, in your time of need. Take hold of Christ in your time of lament and grieving. And know that there is joy waiting for you. For Christ himself promises us that joy. Now, there's something interesting about the Christian who has joy. If you are a Christian who does not take joy in Christ seriously, if you are a believer who, who sees this fruit as more mechanical, the fruit of the Spirit, okay, I need to love, I'll do X, Y, and Z. I need to have joy, I'll do X, Y, and G. I need to have peace, I'll do X, Y, and Z. If you, don't, if you take it as mechanical and you really don't sort of really... Um, um, put your whole life into it and let your heart rejoice in it and let it be evident by the smile on your face and by the wideness of your eyes and by the, by the, the little jump in your step. If you allow your, that joy to dissipate in your life, then it's really hard to be a Christian who obeys God well. It really is. When we are down about our faith and down about God, when we're given to complaining about the things that are happening in our world and happening in our lives, when there's no joy in us, it's really hard to obey God. It's really difficult to obey God. Just think, you know, you know how like when you're, when you're with a group of people, you're and you're talking about something exciting, and you're like, "Wow, let's let let's go camping, and and let's enjoy ourselves, and go hiking, and let's uh, uh get, you know, get some nice tents, and we'll go fishing, we'll spend three days, two nights, and everyone gets excited." And then that one person comes and says, um, "You know, last summer about twelve people died camping." You're like, okay, um, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? It's hard to move into people's lives. And it's hard to be an encouragement to people's lives. And it's hard to move forward 
and loving other people. If your joy in God has been taken from you. But those who obey the Lord the best, those who are able to witness the best, those who are able to love the best, those who are able to show hope to others the best, those who show great peace the best, are those who take joy in their Savior. It's not simply rose-colored glasses. We see the brokenness of humanity. But we will never let our hearts belong to this world. Our hearts belong to Jesus. And we take joy in that. Lastly, brothers and sisters, we are able to take full, unbridled joy in God because God takes full, unbridled joy in us. You realize that? We are able to really go out and rejoice in God, to look silly, to sing from the top of our lungs, to dance if we can dance. Well, even if you can't dance, dance. To shout to people that I love Jesus from our, from the top of the mountaintop. We're able to take that unbridled emotion and let it out. Because God takes that same joy in you and me. God does not hide his love from you and I. God does not, is not sort of this 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 father who is sort of just you know detached from the world and detached from his children he takes great joy in them psalm 149 uh this psalm the psalmist is telling us to rejoice in god but why verse 4 for the lord takes pleasure in his people he adorns the humble with salvation the Lord takes joy in us. The Lord shouts it to the angels about him. The Lord allows creation to shout for joy that the sons and daughters of God are being revealed. Hebrews 12, verse 1 through 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising both, despising the shame and the seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus himself, seeing the joy set before him, endured all things. And what is that joy? That joy is not only the glory of his Father. The joy is not only seeing God being lifted on high, but the joy is seeing you, the sons and daughters being revealed. There is nothing so odd as when you see one person love the other 
in such an unbalanced way. It's really strange to see. You will hardly see people get married where that one person is like all in when the other person is just like, ah. But you will see that the love that is given by God himself allows us to love just as extravagantly our God and the joy that he gives to us is the same joy that we return unto him. Brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter what people around you think. Brothers and sisters, doesn't even matter when, what your what people in church may think. Show your joy to the Lord. Sing unto him, dance unto him, write poetry unto him. Tell people around you. But let your joy be evident to all, that they may see that you belong to Jesus that they also may see that belonging to Jesus is the most joyful thing, the most joyful gift that God has given to us. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy in all things. And Lord, we, we confess, Lord, that we are not by nature joyful people. And we confess to you, Lord God, that we are, even as Christians, Lord, we, we, we suppress our joy in you. We allow the busyness and the things of this world to really overtake it. We allow the, the, um, the difficulties, the temptations, the trials to take away our joy. But Lord Jesus, you, you endured it all. For you knew that joy, utter joy, was waiting for you. And so, Lord, we too, help us, Lord, to know that in the light of what you have done, that we can take joy in you. There's nothing else that we need to do to add to our salvation. That we can rejoice in what you have done for us. And rejoice in knowing that your kingdom will come. So, Lord God, I pray for all of us. Restore to us that joy. May people see the smile in our faces. And, Lord, if they accuse us of being fake, so be it. Help us, help that not to deter us, Lord God. But help us to take joy in you. That those who do see it may wonder where do, they, where do these Christians get it from? And that they too may come to know you and find that same joy. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.